30 years after it first aired, the galaxy's last best hope for peace is back in a feature-length film from Warner Animation? Sure. Okay. Does it live up to the legacy of one of the most beloved sci-fi series of all time? Well, let's find out. Hello and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of LRM Online and the Genreverse Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, and as is our practice, when everyone is away, then I take that opportunity to talk to you about Babylon 5. So, what does that mean for this episode? So, for this episode, we're going to be having a conversation about The Road Home. The Road Home is the newest film in the Babylon 5 universe, and it is written by J. Michael Straczynski. And right now, it sits at an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics, however, it does not have an audience score, which is a little disconcerting given what we'll talk about in a minute. So let's see what's going on here. John Sheridan unexpectedly finds himself transported through multiple timelines and alternate realities. Along the way, he reunites with some familiar faces and discovers cosmic new revelations about the history, purpose, and meaning of the universe. So let's start at the top. So Siri's gonna tell us what the universe means. Hey Siri, do not disturb. So, let's try it again. Let's start at the top. So I think it's fair to say that this film sits at about a seven or an eight out of 10. Um, or better or worse, The Road Home feels like a good episode of Babylon 5. Not a great one, but a good one. In one respect, this is fantastic. So for those of you who are hoping for a shot of nostalgia, you get that. Uh, you get to see some familiar places and some, some familiar faces, and you know it's a lot of fun. For folks who have been wanting something and desiring something from the Babylon 5 universe, uh, from that perspective, it's kind of a letdown. And you know it doesn't do much to move the ball forward within the lore of the universe unless you think of this as an attempt to expand the multiverse and assist uh, in the upcoming reboot, reboot, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. So at the outset, I think the first thing I can say is that the animation is good and it reminds me of a less detailed what if. There are some benefits to this and obviously some downsides. So with a fresh coat of paint on here, the station looks fantastic. So Babylon 5, has never looked better. Uh, you get to see uh, Earth destroyers, you get to see star furies, and you get to see white stars, and all of those ships, they all look fantastic with this fresh coat of paint on them. There's also a little bit more action, and so all of these things that happen, uh, especially the, what would have been CGI in the live action version, are benefited because you know they're not being created by a Commodore Amiga in this, this animated version. Uh, so the downside though is that the fact that you know i don't think that the shadows fared better uh getting more detailed designs they look like giant ants um which i mean they they might have been originally designed to look something like that but it doesn't look particularly good in a high definition more detailed environment uh, in addition to that for whatever reason i had a really hard time telling the difference between lockley and ivanova and so, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. I, I'm curious why that was, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, not only does this remind me of what if visually, uh, in terms of the story, 
it also reminds me of. So I've already talked about the multiverse aspect of this, but this is a remix of a world you already know. So while it's nice to be back in this universe, ultimately, the plot is kind of inconsequential to the overall lore of the universe, which makes it mildly frustrating. And I'm going to be talking out of both sides of my mouth here. So it kind of left me wondering, do we need more Babylon 5 at this point? Uh, or is it better to let it go and just enjoy it as something from our past? Uh, it is great that the Clone Wars is able to weave in and out of live action, but that's a relatively unique situation. Um, so rather than feel like a continuation, this feels more like a stopgap. And, you know, that's, that's a little bit frustrating. So given its pedigree, it should come as no surprise that, you know, this movie is well-written with humorous dialogue and just really fun, clever references to the original series. The actors who are still living did a great job reprising their roles. Uh, Sherrod in particular seems to have benefited from the shift in animation. There's a fair bit more action for him to do. Um, and he's also usually on the live action show relegated to the, the straight man character. And in this, we get to see a little bit more humor, uh, especially when we get to see there's a scene between uh, in the opening. So the opening scene, there's a scene between Dylan and Sheridan. And so while Rebecca Reedy, who is the young woman who stepped into Mira Furlan's role uh, after her untimely passing, it, it doesn't quite hit the same playful notes that Mira Furlan is able to do, but, you know, playing opposite Bruce Boxleitner, she does a good job and JMS does a really good job with the dialogue here. And so what they're showing is what this, uh, this power couple is like in their domestic lives, which is, which is fun. I enjoy that. For the rest of the cast, it was great to hear the voice actors together again. Uh, JMS went as far as reaching out to the actors who are still living to get their blessing, to have them uh, play alongside new folks and have them replace the folks who have passed away. And unfortunately, there are quite a few of them. For me, there were quite a few standouts. Uh, the one that, that I enjoyed the most was Zathras. And I can't tell, you know, so it's he's played by Paul Git. And I can't tell, was it just, did I enjoy his performance or did I just enjoy Zathras being Zathras? Um, he is a character that irritates the hell out of everyone on the show, but as an audience member, he's like, I laugh every time I see him. And it's just, it's, it's hard not to enjoy. Um, we also get Reedy, who I've already mentioned as Delenn, who does a decent job at that. And Phil Lamar as Dr. Stephen Franklin. Um, it should also be noted that it, I find it pretty amazing the way that Peter Jurassic is able to just slip back into the Londo character as one does like a favorite slipper. Uh, and it's quite amazing. Like it, it was fun to see him again. Um, my only wish would have been that, uh, he and Andrew Morgado, who is the person who replaced Andreas Katsalas as Jakar, uh, had a few more scenes together. For me as a Babylon five fan, I, a lot of Babylon 5 fans I know, like their dynamic, the Londo-Shakar dynamic is part of what made that show what it was. So not getting to see more of them on screen together kind of hurts, but I'll, I'll take what I can get. So if you view this as an episode of the show, it's pretty good. Like I said, um, 
if like Babylon 5, The Lost Tales, this is the last piece of content we get for the next 16 years, that'll be pretty disappointing, uh, particularly because the ending is a little hokey and uh, put my mind to a little bit of interstellar. And if you've seen it already, then you kind of understand what I'm talking about. Um, we we'll just have to wait and see what happens with the reboot because, yeah, I'm going to read you something in a second that, that'll make this a little, little bit more interesting. So, we're waiting right now to see what's going to happen with the SAG-AFTRA strike. Um, and, like I said, I think this is a, a fun bit of nostalgia. And one thing that I can't tell is whether or not this is a good entry point for folks who have never watched the show. And, you know, I'm going to cop out, take a cop out here. I think the answer is maybe, um, especially if the plans that JMS kind of laid out are true. So if you take him at his word, he did an interview with SFX Magazine, and he said, if this one does well, Warner would want to do more. We start with Sheridan in his own timeline, but there's also an alternate timeline where we have Sinclair, Sheridan, Ivanova, and Lockley side by side. And all the characters are in their youth and able to, uh, I'm sorry, available to us. That would be the core of any films going forward, he continues. It gives me the freedom to say, all right, if I'm starting from zero and I have access to all the characters, what can happen next? Viewers familiar with the show may know this universe and these characters but now they don't know what's going to happen next. So, you know, I think that's kind of an interesting um, way to take it. And what I like about that is, so again, if you're familiar with the show, you know that JMS had uh, trap doors for characters and things of that nature. But if we're, if we're in the arena of animation or something like that, then there isn't really any limit to what you can do with these characters. And so, you know, there are characters and actors who had issues and dropped out uh, for various reasons during the running of the show. What if they didn't have to? What if the voice actor simply could have been replaced and the character was able to carry on as JMS intended? Uh, that's a fascinating proposition. And from that perspective, if that's what this means and that's where they're going with this, I'm slightly more interested. Um, but as I said before, it's slightly disconcerting that this doesn't have an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And so I'm going to have to take a look and see uh, how this did, because uh, I'm curious about that. But, you know, I love to uh, I hear what you all thought about. It. So if you've seen this film or if you're a fan of Babylon 5 and want to know, like, you know, what's my definitive listing? Where does this rank with the other films? Uh, so like Legend of the Rangers and Call to Arms and uh, in the beginning, you know, if you want to hear, see a definitive list, I'm curious about yours. Uh, jump on our discord, let us know and uh, drop a comment on YouTube. And, you know, maybe we'll do a video uh, if we get enough response about a definitive ranking of all the Babylon 5 films. But other than that, thanks for watching and listening or listening, watching and or listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Hasta lasagna.